0: Coming to you from Las Vegas, this is the Bar Stars Happy Hour, a show for bar people by bar people. We'll get to know different bar stars from around the globe and serve up tips, tricks, and the untold tales of the industry. So whether you sling drinks in a bar or just enjoy a round or two, join us for Happy Hour because this pod's for you. Welcome into to the Bar Stars Happy Hour. I'm Tom.
1: And I'm Jackie. Hi, everyone.
0: This is Happy Hour number two. Number two. And we have a good one for you today.
1: I love our Happy Hour guest today. I have a feeling we're going to cover a lot of topics, but I'm super curious to see who he fills the seats with.
0: Absolutely, me too. So without further ado, let's introduce him.
1: He currently lives and works in Las Vegas. He has over 1,000 bartending competitions under his belt, over 30 first place finishes worldwide. He's a Flair bartending world champion, a legend, and our very good friend Dario Doimo.
0: Dario Doimo, welcome to the show, buddy. Happy happy hour. How are you, bud?
1: Hi, Dario.
0: Hey, guys. <laughs> uh, let's get into it. How's quarantine treating you? Um first things first, positive, negative, clean clean dirty. What are we looking at here?
2: Well, <laughs> We got, we got, now all, all do consider, um, I'm doing great. You know, got a lot of time to go back and be a 13 year old and play Call of Duty all day. So nice. that's pretty much what, uh, what happened, you know, like I haven't been at work since March, when was it? March 15 or something like that. Our casino is still closed. So we have no idea what's going to happen. And, uh, um, you know, for sheets and giggles, I went to, I wasn't feeling too well, A little bit. I didn't have crazy symptoms and stuff, but I still went and got tested on July second, and it turned out to be positive. Dirty zombie! Oh my god! Yeah.
1: (laughs) Hey now. (laughs) Yeah,
2: but is the is the is the fun fact though? I did not, I did not have like crazy symptoms, like you know, I had the flu symptoms, but it was different. Like you.
1: Could you have mistaken it for allergies? I know you have allergies too, like I do.
2: Oh, yeah. Before I was like made, like I spent $1,300 between air purifiers, humidifiers, uh, new super high-tech filters because I was like dying by allergies. So yeah. Yeah. But um, you know, and then every time that you go out, no matter how much I put eye drops and stuff like that, like my eyes are like pretty much bloodshot red. And-
1: See, you heard it here first. Allergies are worse than coronavirus.
0: <laughs> I don't know about that, but Oh yeah. You sure <laughs> try to go grocery shopping I- where your nose know the piss <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> stuff.
1: <laughs> oh dear the visual. Okay, moving on. <laughs> So you are feeling better?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, my symptoms, it wasn't, you know, as I said, they they weren't too crazy, you know. Like, I had, like, extreme fatigue, which is, you know, the classic flu symptoms. You just throw yourself on the couch and don't want to deal with anyone.
0: I think one thing that that people look at is very weird because it's, oh, I'm positive or, oh, I'm negative. They look at it almost like a STD test or, like, HIV or something like that. It's like, it's not a bad thing. It's just, you got it. You know,
2: Yeah. It's, it's like, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I believe the, the way that we're going, I'm pretty sure that maybe at the end of the year or by next year, like everybody's going to get it. That's Large the percentage. There, there is, uh, there is people that has it and don't have any symptoms. They're, you know, it's just like I had it like, and I do have like lung problems with asthma and I had um, a heart conditions as well. So, you know, everybody, even with my family, they were, trying, they were checking in daily. They're like, hey, how are you doing? What are you doing? You know, this and that. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I got it. Like, you can fly around even for work. But if you think about it, they say, oh, we sanitize the plane every time, you know, people come in and stuff like that. Uh, after every flight, this and that. Okay. But where you are on the concourse and you sit down for a second, I never saw an attendant. After you, you know, stand up, they come there and sanitize the, the, the seat. So no matter where you go, you can get it anywhere, you know?
0: That's true. In the beginning of this whole thing, Italy was the hardest hit of everywhere. So family check-in family's doing good everybody's good
2: everybody's good man thank god um, brothers in Germany is doing well uh, sister and dad they're in Italy everybody's good um, can't complain the more you think about it the more conspiracy theories comes out and you know it's, it's like it's not even worth it getting into it yeah it's too much yeah,
0: it's a lot so let's so let's talk about how you got from uh, little Italy or wherever it is to Vegas agenda
2: well
1: once upon a time.
2: It's a good question. First thing first, I'm legal. I have papers. Okay?
1: <laughs> you are, that's true. You got your citizenship, what, last year, two years ago?
2: Um, I think 20, 2016.
1: Oh dear, the time is flying.
2: I pay for it. I just, good for you. Uh, yeah, I started as a flirt bartender. Young flirt bartender. Um, like my background, I was working with my family in an ice cream shop in Germany. So... I was doing school in Italy and then Easter vacation and summer vacation. I was always in Germany and I fucking hate it <laughs> <laughs> because, because all I've been hearing is like my friend, that's before smartphone, before internet, Facebook, everything, it would be so much more worse, right? but uh, like all my friends, you know, they were calling once a month because I was up for like three months in summertime in, in Germany. So they're like, yeah, you know, I mean, we're at the beach place, we're at acacia, we're this, and I'm stuck in an ice cream shop making bananas plates and milkshake, you know? And I'm like, I was young, and I'm like, well, I want, I want to have fun with my friends, but like, I was literally finished school, getting a car, and we were driving about eight hours to get to Germany, uh, where the ice cream shop is. And then I was jumping in the car, drive back home, and the next day I was going to, to school. So, Aww. No, it was cool. All the all see that I miss it now, because I, you know, I'm not cross I like I don't feel like that I had to work there anymore. So, but I like I like to go. My my brother took over the family business, so like I like to go back and visit. And, oh, so know.
0: it's still going. Oh yeah. Oh wow.
2: Yeah, yeah. My dad, my dad retired, and my brother took over the the family business, so it's still there.
1: Do you ever like hop behind the counter and make a banana split for old time's sake? Oh, when I get there,
2: yeah, all the time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it sounds disgusting,
2: but I'm having a banana split. Three it's a hazelnut, chocolate and banana, and a Vasteiner, which is a pilsner. It's a beer that they make in Germany. It's amazing.
1: I think that sounds really good. So how'd you get here?
2: So my brother, at the time that was done with school with my dad, they were going to, you know, see the convention for new products and this and that. And uh, my brother saw this uh, stand where there was this cool that... They were doing classes of American bartending. So you teach how to build, make drinks, this and that, and how to make flair. Very, very little. So out of curiosity, my brother went and took a class, and I was just, you know, I saw the movie Cocktail, obviously. like. That day.
0: movie's always going to come out, man.
2: Seriously. Never dies. It's time to make a second one. Um, <laughs> I'm telling you. But, we got to do it. Right? But um, they, they had... Uh, so I thought that, you know, I saw the movie and I'm like, of course, an American movie it's going to be all, you know, effects, visuals, this and that, that. This this is not real. And Then my brother came home and he had one, sh- one thing, one shaker, and he just did like a behind the back, mm-hmm. like a sloppy one. But he caught it. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? You know? <laughs> and then he kind of gave me the breakdown of this and that. And it's like I was still in school all the time. So I think I was 17, 18. I see him start practicing in the garage a little bit here and there. So it's kind of like, as a curiosity, I started getting like practicing and I started, you know, cracking down some movement, like a little stall a little over the shoulder. <laughs> and then, uh, as soon as I finished school, I finished, I went to do the season in Germany and came home in winter time and I did, I took my class and that was 2002.
1: So you can do a competition. Can you drink in Europe at 18? Oh, yeah. Why not? So you can just compete in a bartending competition and you weren't even a bartender. You're a freaking kid.
2: Don't quote me on it, but I think the legal age in Europe is 18, I think. nowadays, I'm not quite sure. We were drinking when we were younger. You were
1: drinking. It's fine. It's cool.
2: (laughs) When I I was starting,
0: I won a uh, Quest for the Best Bartender in the World qualifier. And the main prize was your entry into the World Championship. And I couldn't go because I wasn't 21. And they're like, well, the second place guy gets to go. And I'm like, well, fuck that, dude. <laughs> I want to go. Like, I deserve I deserve to go. But I yeah, just... Because even if we're pouring water, you can't... Wow. You can't act like you're pouring something on stage if you're underage.
2: Yeah. It happened exactly the same pretty much with me for Legend. I did my first comp. And, like, I walked in. I still remember I had a plastic bag, like... Like a grocery
1: store. <laughs> like a grocery black. Yeah,
2: if there is anybody in Europe that is listening to this, it was a Lidl, which is a, a, a gro- like grocery store chain, uh, very famous in Germany, that they have. Uh, so I had that bag, and I had two flairco one with a broken neck and two shakers completely busted out. <laughs> and I'm walking in, and you remember, uh, Tom, uh, Ian Bartos? Oh, yeah. He was on a state It was a it was a nightclub, so there was like where the dancers, the the cubicle where the dancers stayed, He was on that one doing the four staggering, which I wasn't even. I was barely doing three bottles at the time, and I'm looking. I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. pretty much. And I I, I I was just like in shock, and I turned around my fr- uh, to my brother. I'm like, what the fuck? Are you doing? <laughs> and at the time, I. There was no internet.
0: We're older than Google, if you can imagine that.
2: Oh boy! Yeah. See? Yes, folks, we're
1: all old here. It's fine.
2: <laughs> so we got up there, you know. What we doing? Like you, you go because it's fun, you know. Like it was just a, it was just exploration at a time. Now, for some reason, I went up five minutes qualification round, zero drops. Nice.
1: Is this on like old school videotape somewhere? I.
2: So there is a VHS. Uh somewhere. Yes! But I can find it.
1: <laughs> oh we gotta find it. I've
2: struggling this. to find it. There is no I remember there's no audio on it, but there is a VHS on it. And um, this is great. They called the finalist. Out of five finalists I think, <laughs> like it was me, obviously ian Bartos, uh Matthias Knar and another Italian uh, Mirko Vitali. And at that point I'm like, okay, cool final. So Giovanni, what, what am I doing? You know, I'm trying to practice this and that, and I'm like that? I don't know what to do, you know, like, it's the same routine was like, so he's, he went and asked a couple of questions that I had and then he came back. He's like, okay, cool. Apparently they sent us an email, but we didn't got it. So I'm like, okay, cool. So what I got to do is like, so it's the final six minutes. Just like, while well, qualification was working for there and exhibition flare. And I'm like, okay, what am I doing? It's like, fucking go for it. <laughs> like, okay. So I went up and I throw everything that I got, which it was not a whole lot, and on and on top of that, I was trying new things.
1: Freestyle, never
2: tried before. My fucking, I tried. It was a completely shit show. I think I took uh, fourth place, and that was on my first comp. So, and I'm like, and I came home, and I pretty much it was from that point on. It was tunnel vision. October came around and uh, November, we went to a competition in Holland where if you win, you get the entry fee uh, for triple challenge. And it was in Panama City Beach. So we went up and I was fucking charged. I'm like, yeah, let's go. So I went up and I did not make the final.
0: <laughs> and see, Yeah, that was the
2: first time that, you know, like, and I still remember I did working with the old Smirnov bottle. Remember yeah. like the, the old school ones? And I was impressed. I stopped for a second because it was like a half half bottle. I threw it, didn't catch it, it went off the mats, exploded, and the only thing remaining was the ring and the, the pore spout.
0: Those those things have a they had a tendency to explode.
2: There were there was no glass, there was just water and and, and the, like the vodka it and vaporized it. it. Yeah, and I'm like, Where where did it go? <laughs> and my brother's like, keep going, keep going. I'm like, keep oh, going. Okay. No, that was kind of like the beginning of it. And then I um, I competed like over a hundred times. And uh, there is three times that I did not make the final. That was one. I missed the uh, the um, the Roadhouse Qualifier 2003. I missed the, that competition. And then I missed Nations 2008 that was in Green Valley Ranch. That's why I don't like that hotel.
0: Well, a little self-promotion. I've done my research.
2: And uh, I would just like to say
0: I have uh, I have whooped you twice in world championships, sir. And that is uh, Quest in 06 and Legends in 07. But other than that, you wiped the floor with me, my man. It's all good.
2: (laughs) You know what? Okay, it's uh, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'll take it, you know.
0: Well, anyway, when you when you got to town, I know a lot of uh, a lot of people from other countries and stuff. They don't speak English. So, no. what name the movie that mainly taught you how to speak English, or how did you learn how to speak so English? So,
2: it's a fun fact there's a lot of people, like Christian, uh, a lot of other people, they told me just watch a movie with subtitle, it will help you learn. And you know, like a lot of the floor bartenders in town are from Argentina or they're, they're, they're Latin, so like it, Italian is very similar to Latin. I know how I am, so I'm never being very great. A school, and I like to learn things. I'm very, I'm a very manual guy, so I like to learn doing things and stuff like that. Like
1: kinetic learner. Yeah, you give me,
2: you give me a box. The first thing that I throw away is the instruction, and then I try to figure out to build it on my own. That's pretty (laughs) much. I'm
1: having a heart attack over here. (laughs) So
2: I was lucky, very, very, very lucky that I was able to go live with uh, Bache Manuki, uh, another fellow flir bartender that become friend that pretty much become a brother right now. And uh, uh, that he doesn't speak Spanish, doesn't speak, he just speak English. So I'm like, I'm gonna go live with people that speak strictly.
1: Immerse yourself in it, yeah. Correct,
2: English. And it was amazing because if I had a camera and film everything, it, was, it took me 20 minutes to explain to him that I need an Advil because I have a headache. <laughs> right. So, uh, that was there was some fun times
1: so at the point in time when you guys did area 51 how good was your english at that point
2: absolutely shit <laughs> like i, lived, I think awesome. we film. we filmed august of seven yes middle of august of seven and i landed here i moved here august 4th We'll have to
1: do another Area 51 reunion episode, too. I would love that. Yeah, oh,
2: yeah. get us all on.
1: Explain Area 51 for people um, that are listening that don't know.
2: You know, it was a get-together for practicing for legend. Right. You speed run, well you do the port test, and the headquarters was Benam, Benam's home.
0: Yeah, Benam Jaramie, we set up, his, took over his entire garage, and... When I say speed rounds and poor tests, like we did them live with yeah. real pina colada mix and real sour mix and real Coke and real mm-hmm. like everything, so you do it for a minute and then you dump it all out, reset it, restart it again. So
2: and we were working on teams because you know you have you have a back bar like we used to ship like shit, like it was a big table with two different back bars, one for speed, one one for poor uh, test, and then the the, the respective bars. So I, there was the uh, team of two doing speed round and. Like one read the least and judge and the other one makes it. And the same thing was going on with poor test. One was doing the poor test while the other one was judging and taking time. So a lot of talking shit and
0: little little known secret about Area 51 Flair is that it started because the cell phone reception at Banam's house was terrible. Shit. It was awful. So but- literally, but like you could be around the corner and you turn into Benam's house and your phone shuts off. So it was like, what do you live in? Area 51, dude? This is crazy. So then he has a, a buddy of his who's a filmmaker or video maker. And we got this whole idea together. And we're like, what do we call it? Well, we call it Area 51, Flair. That's what we, and that's kind of how we started it.
2: Yeah. But, I, you know, it, it was fun because I, I really, I was really, really lucky for being a kid, a 23-year-old kid that jumped in a plane with two, you know, it. and moved across the world that I got a very good group of friends right off the back that really like helped me out and like even V-box, I can thank him now because this kid literally drove me to the social security uh service place to get my social to help me out and translate this translate everything I'm like what what is a social security? What are you doing for? <laughs> Welcome to America yeah. on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm like ten card health card. What the fuck is this? <laughs> you know. And, and then when I was doing the paperwork as well, because I was in Italy and I was sending all the stuff to to uh, at the time it was Kara Green, which you know it used to be the daughter of the owner of Kaunaville, Mark Green, and she's <laughs> she sent me an email. She's like, listen, I really need this document ASAP. and And you
1: don't know and I'm looking at
2: my sister she speaks fine languages she's great she's amazing what 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 kind of document is this ASAP
1: what is an ASAP
2: family is important life goes on so you have to choose your like you have to choose your path and stick with it and at that point in time like I compete my very big biggest count was quest when I came in 04 and you know like yeah, that uh, is like the ice cream guy from Europe is, you know, it's good.
1: The ice cream guy. I love it. With the frosty blonde tips.
2: <laughs> and the crooked jaw. Yeah. Oh, dear. And, then, and that was November. I moved and then I came for Legend, my very first Legend, Legend 7. And at that point, I had a, an opportunity to go open the Hard Rock Hotel in Biloxi. So I was home making doing the work. Uh, do the, work, the working on the visas with the, with the lawyer, and then the uh, Katrina hurricane came. And then I still remember because I think Francesco Leone called me, and it was almost noon in, in Italy. So it was what, 2 3 a.m. here. Like, listen, man, I hate to break it to you, but like, I think your guitar from the hard rock is in Cuba right now. It, uh, you know, and I'm like, okay, uh, well, whatever. And I turned on the news. And the first thing, Katrina, hurricane, disaster, this and that. And the, the first picture that they show is that they're actually hard rock. It leveled it. Leveled it. Brand new hotel on the beach, on, on, on the ocean. I'm like, Jesus Christ. But I had those memories of like when we had a competition close to my house, FIT. Uh, I used to be calling Cortina, which Christian came and Mindagas, And I'm like, oh boy, I got two of the best. Fucking floor bartender at my house. So they be- we become friends, and then my sister went for a convention in Vegas, went to see them at Carnival. And then she, uh, Francesco Leone, was there. But Francesco was the first one that kind of made it to Vegas to you know work with the best and and be really good on, on legend of bartending and his style as, as well. that was amazing. And uh, so my sister went there. She met him. She came home. She's like, hey, yeah. I- so I met with me the and the guys and Christian, you know, and there's this guy that he told me to say hi to you. And I'm like, the fuck is this? And she's like, it's, uh, it's Italian. And I'm like, does his name start with Francesco? It's like, yeah. Francesco me. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> How the fuck does he know me? You know, it's <laughs> like your like, version
1: of starstruck.
2: Seriously, uh, no, I was watching the DVDs from Legend 5 and stuff where it used to be still... Yeah, I was line. there with them, yeah. Like just watching Christian, Francesco. and But it wasn't what it struck the most, obviously, besides the style, the flair itself and everything. It was the echo of this ginormous room and listening to JD on the mic. And you can't tell that it's a fucking big room, you know what I'm saying? It's like... Holy shit! That's that's the main stage. That's yeah. That's where that's where it's at. And I was getting goosebumps on that. And I'm like, fuck! I wish I can compete at that level one day. And then she came home, and it's like, yeah, you know, Francisco said hi. She, he told me to give you this to call him anytime. And I, it was a piece of a napkin from from Carnival with with his phone number on it. I'm like, nice. who yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I'm like. And, then, and I'm like, and I try, and I remember I was at the phone and I'm like looking at the phone, like the whole household.
1: With the cord, with the <laughs> thing. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, we're old, you yeah, the What is going on?
2: Like, it was not, like I have a cell phone, but it.
1: Yeah, but it was a giant, like shoe size cell phone. It wasn't like.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I had my, you know, Nokia thing in this, but it was like calling in America is a suicide. You know, it used to cost so much. I'm like. Hey mom and dad, yeah, I need to make a phone call for work. It's okay. She's like, yeah, go ahead. I'm like, okay, thank you. Push the number, and I'm like, Oh shit is ringing. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like uh, pl- What do I yeah, do I'm when like, he picks Please up? Please don't pick up. Please don't pick up. <laughs> and it's like, Hello? Then I'm like, Hi.
1: <laughs>
2: oh no. Little like, Tarion. Hey. Yeah, and I'm like,
0: this big 6'5", Dario yeah, yeah, i Dario. Like, hi, hi. hi, how are
2: you? Uh, uh, I, you know, my sister gave me your phone number. I'm Dario, like, hey, what's up, man? Yeah, good, how are you doing? You know, this and that, like, so happy that you're in the flare, too, this and that. i like, oh, okay, cool. So, listen, I have some questions. Oh. <laughs> uh, Let's
1: get right into it.
2: <laughs> yeah. All this situation that used to be so much more harder than nowadays, I think, helped me out a lot, grow like grow like myself because Sir? there's no youtube there's no nothing so like i was forced to be creative and come up with my own thing you know i had a couple of vhs from a couple montage that it did fba when you sign up to that it sent you and that's about it yeah
0: i've had i've had people like uh why don't you have videos on youtube or why don't you post your stuff and because when i when i was flaring that wasn't really a thing to me i wasn't like hey Film me yeah. so I could put this on the internet and I, I just I, I never did that. And like nowadays it's just so so different. Globally. Globally, everybody you could just put a video on
2: it all and all of a sudden. Yeah, boom.
1: social media has changed everything. The struggle
2: was there, but it helped you out, you know, get it out and grind and everything. And right. when I got when, when that when when that thing with Katrina happened and I was so down, my sister is like so. I'm like, what are you gonna do? And I'm like, fuck, up. I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't want to go back to Germany, to be honest. I really don't. But I really want to be the flair. I want to, I want to, I want to make it. You know. And she's like, and I still remember, she's like, if you're waiting a phone call to go work in America, yeah, it ain't coming. You're gonna, keep, you're gonna wait for the rest of your life. Either you pack, you either you pack your bag and you go there and you get what you want, or you know, you gotta do something else. And that one really stuck to me the whole night. I have a hard time sleeping. And then the next day I'm like, you know what? Well, fuck it. I made a ticket. I thought like I sent a couple emails and uh, my good friend, uh, Martin Hanika, he was in Miami at the time. He's like, you know, like calm down. So we share for almost three months a room with air mattresses. And it was, a, it was a shit show. That's but- how
0: you do it though, man. When I first moved to Vegas, I moved here with, uh, two other guys, well, a group of us from our store in Michigan. And we literally just got in our cars, two, three days' notice, packed whatever we could, drove cross country, and got into this, like, just roach ridden apartment. Oh, God. That they got for us. And it was just <laughs> awful. But you know what? We could look out our front window and we saw the Vegas skyline, and it was like, we made it. And then after about three months of being pushed back, pushed back, pushed back, we finally opened, we killed it. And then 9 11 happened about a week later, and shut everything down. And I'm like, what do I do? Do I go back home? Do I because you just don't know. And it just that's literally the day the world stopped. And but yeah, I mean, when you just pack when you just pack up your stuff and go, you don't know what's gonna happen, Jackie. You did it. You moved to Tokyo.
1: Yeah, I was 18. And I said, do I go to college right away? Or do I take the job in Japan? So I went to the other side of the world. There's just something you learn about yourself and things that you, you know, experience that you gained that you would never have otherwise if you didn't have the courage to do it.
2: At the end of the day, you know, like, I learned a lot from life Absolutely. So like, because in school, school was not my thing, you know, by any means, I'm not I'm not trying to publicize, you know, Fuck school or fuck, you know, like, it just, I gonna say get a, a minimum of education, you know, like he's advertising,
1: you get, your, your, get a minimum education, I, folks,
0: go to school kids.
2: Hey man, like school did not really work for me. And you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm super grateful and very lucky, consider myself very lucky to be where I am today. But
1: listen, even the smartest people, even the people that love school, I'm a learner. I love school. I've, you know, gone to school. I would still argue that I think life experience gives you more.
2: Absolutely. Like I guess get at least your high finish at least your high school and then experience life. Finish high school, pack your bags and start traveling and, and see how it goes around. You know, obviously right. you're gonna make mistakes that when you get in your thirties or so or like or late twenties.
1: We don't have enough time in this podcast for the mistakes we've all made, Dario. You? you got that right.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. That's another We'll, few we'll come episodes. back to episode. Part two. Oh yeah. But that's the thing, you know, you live and learn. And, and I think that's that's a really good experience it's important. to do. Definitely. Like traveling. I you know, I have friends that they they gotta jump on a plane, a 30 minutes, 45 minutes plane to go from one side to the other of Italy for work and they're panicking. I'm like, what what? Like, oh my crazy? I I used to live in an airport.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. We were just talking about that today about S- you.
2: Speaking of that.
0: So You've done over a 1,000 international performances and God knows how many competitions. Mm -hmm. I want to know what your best moment on stage is.
1: Oh, shit.
0: What's the best moment? I have a follow-up to this, and I'll get down to the...
1: What do you mean by best? Your favorite? Your personal favorite?
0: Yeah, like your most prideful or your most... I mean, I can assume maybe winning legends or, you know, I don't know. Yeah. But uh... that that moment where you said to yourself... This is it. I made it. Period.
2: I will say definitely, and I'm not trying to bash in any 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 other company. Every competition is unique. Sure. So you know, and you know, I like wrote was the legend, and or even the IBA uh, world finals and stuff. But definitely, I will say one of the struck me to most was definitely winning legend because that for me that was it. Right. When you get the email with the rules for legend, I was getting butterflies. Yep, me too. my stomach, you know. It was just that thing that, a lo- like, a that love-hate relationship with, with that competition that, like, and it was so hard to prepare. And, the, it, like, you know, the meet and greet, it was great. And then you had follow-up two days of competition that you barely sleep and you have to be on it.
0: It's go time. It's go time. I know we used to practice together, man, and I remember – We're getting there. We got to be to the port test and speed round at 10 a.m. And we're up 4 or 5 in the morning, 6 in the morning. Like We're going to get a couple hours of sleep and then back at it. Because that was like, if you're lucky enough to get invited to Legends, when it first started, it was like the top 60 in the world you get invites. And even if you got
2: an invite, it was like, holy shit. (laughs) I'm
0: one of the top 60
2: in the world.
1: I'm in, yeah.
2: I don't know if it's scientific proof or not. Because as I said, back then, you know there was not a whole lot. But we were bringing our own water. To compete, to do our pour test, we are on poor spot. The bot, the same bottles that I have, because we are used to, to pour with those ty- with that type of liquid. With the, with the you know, obviously it's not that we start practicing in February and then at the end of the month is the competition. We're not showing up with slimy right. water and stuff. Like we change water every two days, but we keep it consistent.
1: Every little thing matters. Yeah, all
2: those little details that make the difference. You know, like we go we go there. We have our bottle, this and that, and, you know, we were doing our thing. And the same thing with with speedrun, you know, speedrun, which I think is is crazy because you have this master list of 48 drinks that they will call in different categories and they call them randomly. And uh, you have to do as fast as you can. But, like, let's say the way I set up the bar is different than Tom. Or if you think even one of the greatest that Rodrigo Delpes, you know, like his dominant hand is left, left hand. You know, I'm right. So we can do great tandems together, but the way we set up our things, it can it's different
1: Dario. I thought you were left handed. You just play golf left.
2: Yeah. I'm okay. so up. weirdo.
0: But the, to go back to the legends, to be honest, what I think made it what it was. And it's a shame that it's not around anymore because it really separates flare bartenders from true bartenders who flare. You had, to be, you had to be good at everything.
2: Yeah. I mean it, it it's on the domination, you know. Like at the end of the day, you go to, you take road ups, flare world championship. It's, it's strictly flare. At the end, they kind of tweak it up a little bit, they're trying to put a little bit of protest, a little bit of speed run. But if you think about it, it could a roundup, complete, flare bartending competition, nothing and I repeat, nothing beats legend. Right. Now, if you want the most iconic flare cup, where you go and you know that you had to bring bombs and <laughs> just throw bombs and close them. Well, then, then nothing beats roadhouse, right? Because that's they were two different. It's the same sport, but there was two different categories. Two different. You style. know what I mean? I
0: knew, I knew that I could hang when it came to legend. I knew that if I went to roadhouse, I probably wouldn't even make the finals. In in my prime, I probably wouldn't have. Because they're just the level is just different, and the crowd's different, and everything's different. Everything's you know, different.
2: and that's why and that's why a lot of people they didn't, you know. And Tom Dyer, like a Warflare renowned, you know, legend. Right. Um, he's, you know, he did came to uh, to do legend, you know, because it's like I want to try, I want to see what it what it looks like, you know. And holy shit, you know, that's that's a lot going on in that competition. But there is a lot of more of other other, you know, War uh renowned champions that they never even considered doing legend because it was out of their out of their reach. You know, like and in a way I understand it because the popularity of the spot grew so much that when I started, like I didn't have the setup that I have here. You know, like uh, at the time we used to have bowls, bowls liqueur. Like the American bottle is different than the European bottle. And all those things. So Especially in speedrun, you have to be quick. It's very visual. You need to know where everything is at the same time. And if you practice with one thing and then you show up and all of a sudden you have different shape bottles, different colors, different this, it throws you off. And that alone is going to be another five to seven second penalties. Mm-hmm. Like, cause you're going to make double check that everything is there while, you know, if you have everything that you need and I spend a ton, I think it was almost $400 on no overweight. Coming back from my first quest because I brought everything. Overweight? Yeah.
0: that's.
1: <laughs> oh,
2: my. I brought every bottles home with me. I asked, Hannah, like, after my, Hey, can I bring everything, all the bottles from Speedrun? It kind of looks me weird. And I'm like, yeah, I'll take whatever you want. I'm like, cool. So I brought home the tonic, the, the, the soda water bottle.
1: <laughs> did security at the airport, like, flag you or look at you weird? I did
2: go stop in Atlanta coming in once because they thought this is so funny they thought that my bottles were they made Flerco bottles the the, the bottle that we practice with yeah yeah they yeah they were made of cocaine oh wow that's <laughs> hilarious oh yeah me and the Kleiner, like immigration office we have a thing <laughs> But but that's the thing. Your
1: pictures up on the wall there.
2: But the thing is like, no, every time I was coming in and one time that was my fault because my, uh, I had at the time the passport, it was your information was on a page attached to the cover inside. It was not a separate page. So it kind of split open a little bit and I put super glue. (laughs) to attach it it and it came through the, the page. So you already know, like, you come to, you know, when you fly in and you stop, you got to go through immigration, and you present your passport, and they look at it, and all of a sudden, they don't even take a stand. They take the the orange clipboard, put your passport here, and I'm already know. I'm like, yeah, they're right? Cool. <laughs> so, but it's one time, it's like, what are you guys doing with all these bottles? I'm like, oh, you know. Flare bartending. America, did you
1: put in a show for that? It would have solved everything.
2: I did. I honestly had to do that too. That's like,
1: awesome.
2: So I, did, I did. So I opened my bags and I started doing four bottles. And the guy's oh, cool, cool. Man. Yeah, okay, cool. Put away. Good luck, man. Thanks. I'm like, sweet. Yep. <laughs> I had
0: one guy one time ask me, what do you need all these glass bottles for? And I told him I'm a competitive Flare bartender. And he had no idea what it was. And he goes, prove it. So I literally had to take, I took out two bottles, started doing something. And he's like, okay, Just make sure they're wrapped up. They don't break, blah, blah, blah. And you check. Yeah, okay, fine. Whatever. All right. So that being said.
1: That's funny.
0: I want to get down to the bottom of this. It's been Uh a few years now. We can all get over it. Let's face the truth. Uh, There was a competition a few years ago that may or may not have been one of the most raucous competitions there were. You literally set the house on fire by maybe, maybe the Best save
2: oh, I in the
0: world of flare bartending ever, or, or yeah, was
1: it planned, Dario? If you
0: think
1: so, no, you gotta tell us. The world because wants to know. Here's the
0: well, you know. When, when we post this podcast, I'm gonna post a link to said video.
1: Well, let's do a vote. Let's do a vote. We,
0: we could very well do a vote, but yeah. I think the majority of the flare bartending world and maybe the bartending world has seen this video. However. It's pretty incredible, and I worked with you, and I worked with you the day after that. And I said, "There's no way in hell you practice that." That was a mistake. That was a good save, and you always played it off. So I gotta know. I got it. No, I got it.
1: <laughs> oh, no, no, man, no.
0: You know what? You know what I'm talking about.
2: <laughs> I gotta keep myself relevant. We
0: will. We will <laughs> post it in the uh, in the show notes. I don't
2: know what you're talking about. Some people calls it the greatest flare move in history. Some people call it the greatest save in history. Uh-huh. Now what's the truth? I
1: think the truth is it was a save and your background in soccer really helped you out right about that moment.
2: <laughs> I can't hear you guys.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> the audio went out. Yeah.
0: Well we'll see. We're gonna post it in the show notes and see what people have to say okay. about it. That's right. it was it was simply awesome. It was a cool thing to be a part of for sure.
2: it was it was, it was funny because Christian uh, Rodrigo was competing, obviously, Danilo, everybody was there, and Christian was there too. And it's like, you know, Rodrigo might want it tonight, but like won the competition, but you won the night.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, for sure. And to just like talking about moments on stage, when something like that happens and the place literally erupts, it just gives you goosebumps and it just makes you feel like, holy shit, that just happened. I did some right it's cool yeah it's really cool yeah because
2: also, also I wasn't having uh, you know I planned it everything was doing great but the, the execution of the company I don't know what I I was off that night a little bit so I was you know I was getting into it and like throughout my routine and I was doing those those kind of nights when you do stupid drops that it's like really right now like I was hitting something but I was dropping a lot and I'm like fuck like okay, I already know that I'm not going
0: to win. Who knows? It could have been like you know, like you said earlier when you started. Let's just throw everything and see what Sometimes, lands. Yeah. So we'll see. You're, people are going to have to watch the video to Absolutely. check it out. Absolutely. Um, so from flare bartending and your career there, you went. You went on to mixology. Yeah. Um, did a lot of mixology competitions. You won a few of the Italicus, I believe. Yes, it the Italicas. Um, the last year in. Yeah. In New York. So what? Um. What's the difference in the two? I mean, downstage and.
2: I thought. So here's the thing. My, my thought was like, you know what? Fucking, I'll try. Because it was. The, the, and this is talking about Italicus, um, the Italicus competition, because it was an aperitivo style um, competition. So you had to prep an aperitivo style cocktail using, obviously, Italicus. And I'm like, The aperitivo category is probably one of the dearest on my heart, because when I started you know, kind of like get into drinks and stuff like that. I really like the the aperitivo moment and it's widely popular. Like, you know, an apple spritz as an aperitivo time in Italy where close by where I live, like that's pretty much what you do, you know, every day. So first, you know, I'm like, you know what? I used to bring a flare bag with a fuck ton of bottles, a fuck ton of tins, shakers, this and that. You know, mainly that when competing professionally, I was going through Probably, like every year I was ordering about 400 to 500 tents. Wow. Shakers. Because they're not made all the same. You know, they make some mistakes. So with those 400, I was nailing down to 100 of my specs. It was a geeky moment, but...
1: Picky. I,
2: oh, yeah. And I told myself, you know, I'm going to try some classic competition, see how it goes. Like, it's definitely, you know, I don't have to pack shit, you know. It's going to be great. I just need to pack my suit and go and do it. No. Because this now you got you know that shaker you need this specific mixing glass. Because then I go very in the details with with the tools that I use. And then you know I make might, I, might, I need this type of bar spoon. And then you know I have this perry knife. I have this cookie cutter to make that type of garnish. And I need this peeler because the thickness of the peel is more elastic. When you start getting geeky on those things, it changes up a lot. I do have to say. um, Mostly, my competitions were uh, flair and some cocktail making. In uh, and, and some of them, they were still mixology but still with flair including. So, the competition was pretty much the same. So, you know, it was the same people. Like, you know, and I did see, I did couple uh, strictly classic competitions, but I see a little bit of, of a difference between them, you know, like and it's hard to explain, I, and I could, be, I could totally be wrong, this is just my point of view, that I think there is a little bit more friendship towards the flirt competitors than the actual classic competitors, you know what I'm saying? Like, if, like, people don't really talk to each other, they don't try to support each other, like, you know, I'm like, hey, if you need a paring knife, if you need this and that, like, you know, Here you go. Sure. Yeah, there is people. There is people that maybe they see you and fuck, I forgot this period or this and that. and you know maybe they hide their stuff or this and that, or they like you know hey, here you go. Like I, if I go to a competition, it's a little bit more
1: cutthroat. Right. I, I want to win it.
2: because I want to win. I don't want to win because and that goes for flair too. You know, I'm not there and looking and I'm like, okay, drop, 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 drop. Like I want to win because I had a best routine against your best day.
0: You want to beat them. You want to beat them at their best.
2: Correct. So, it, you know, it, because you feel you deserve it. Like I put too much time on practice and too much time and dedication to it to just aim of people failure. Because at that point, you know, it's not, I didn't beat you. You beat yourself.
1: I think it's time to play a game.
0: I like this game.
1: Are you ready? Are we playing yep. games? Okay. okay. All right. We're going to play okay. a little game called fill the seats. You get three seats in front of you at your bar. Anybody. You can put anybody in those seats, dead, alive.
0: Oh, shit. Who are they? And why?
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to do this. If. Okay, I would say this is
1: very tough for Dario, guys.
2: I'm I'm looking at it as a regular night at the bar. Obviously, if I have to choose, I would have had a family, sure, you know, that I don't really have close to me right now, you okay. know, and also people that passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I have to choose right now to have a great ass time at my bar and I have three seats, I would say Kevin Hart.
0: Oh, that's a good one.
1: (laughs) I love that answer.
2: Kevin Hart, if you're listening, come to Dario's bar when he gets a job again. Because why not? That's hilarious. Like, if if I'm working and I have three seats at the bar, I want to have fucking fun. So, Kevin Hart, sit the fuck down. And
1: uh, (laughs) (laughs) You next to Kevin Hart would be like David and Goliath.
2: JT. Justin Timberlake, Timberlake, huh? You know what? It's because it's you got you got
1: you got the comic side of you. I'm coming to your he bar. He looks like
2: a pretty cool dude, and I'm a put, fuck. It's between Robert Downey Jr. because who the fuck doesn't want to have Tony Stark at the bar? Come on. Man. <laughs> it's like and
0: I've I'm heard ha- he's sober now. Huh? i am pretty sober now. No.
2: Whatever. I can make him. A, yeah, I, I'll make him a mocktail. So good. You know? <laughs> Fuck it. Scarlett Johansson.
1: I was going to say, no women at your bar, Dario.
2: I think that'll, that'll, that'll be a pretty good mix.
1: Kevin Hart, Justin Timberlake, Robert Downey Jr. That's pretty good cast of characters.
0: That's pretty cool, Bar.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, Dario, thank you, buddy. We love you. You are an amazing friend of the show. You are truly a legend. Thank you for, uh, sharing some time with us, man. And, uh, Come on back on anytime you want. All
2: right. Thank you, guys. Bye,
1: Dario. Thank you for having me.
0: What a journey, man. He's seen it all. Well, we want to thank everybody for listening to episode two of the Bar Stars Happy Hour. We
1: know how valuable your time is, and we're so grateful for you to spend some of it with us. We're going to continue to get better and put out a super great product for you to listen to, relate to, enjoy, laugh with, commiserate with. We're just so excited to have you.
0: You can always check us out at barstarspodcast.com. And remember to subscribe to Bar Stars Happy Hour on Apple Podcasts to get all the latest episodes as soon as they drop. And if you like what we're doing, please give us a five-star rating and leave a kind review.
1: (laughs) We're also on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher, to name a few.
0: We had a great happy hour and truly hope you did too. Until next time. Cheers. What do you mean I can't have an EO?